0: let's talk about legacy today. Mark chapter 10. If you, have t- if you want to take some sermon notes, we have partnered with the uh, Version Bible Lab, so we are in there. You can scan this QR code. You can receive all the notes for today. Got quite some scriptures today, but I, I feel like there's a disclaimer if you're brand new with us today or if you've been coming to Avenue Church for months and months. Uh, this is just, this is a different direction that I thought I would take with the legacy message. And, and I want you to know, we're going to do a, uh, a legacy offering at the end of this message. But we don't pass buckets. We do things uh, a little bit differently here at Avenue because we believe generosity is active. But I want you to know, as we've been praying for this, we, we talked about for three weeks, we talked about money. And then last week, we talked about Sabbath. Sabbath. And I love hearing the stories of those that took a holy Sabbath this week. Raise your hand if you took a week, a day, you took a day, and you Sabbath. If you didn't, man, you got this week to do it as well. And make sure you listen to that message by Pastor Lindsey. But here's where I believe the Holy Spirit took me is Mark chapter 10. So if you've got your Bibles with you, Mark chapter 10 real quick. I have a handheld now, but uh, you can follow along in the big screens. But I want to read from the old school paperback because I'm 40 now, everybody. And it's big print, too. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his, and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, which they weren't very creative in naming him, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting on the side of the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He said, Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. They said, Cheer up. They said, Come, he is calling you. Barmanus threw his coat aside. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said, Go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly, the man can see, and he followed Jesus down the road. The title of my message today is, If We Don't, Someone Will. If We Don't, Someone Will. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for what you're doing through every single person watching online. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for UNLV to win a game. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen. Amen. And amen. Online audience, man, we're so glad you're watching online. Someone just told me, your daughter came up to me and said, my mom, Sydney, is watching, right? Did I say that right? Sydney is watching. So Merry Christmas, online audience. We're so glad you're watching online. Can we make some noise for online as well? And we are so grateful for you. And uh, I want to talk about legacy today uh, because really legacy is essential. Legacy is essential. And here's Kind of the cry of my heart today, so I'm gonna I'm gonna preach and teach, but man, I just want to share my heart today regarding legacy. Legacy is so essential because because something gets passed down, something is going to get passed down, whether it's you know from your mom or your dad, or but really I want to take it a step further. It's from anyone who's ever had contact with you. Anyone who's ever caught a pastor, a coach, a leader, a neighbor, someone in authority, someone older than you, someone younger than you, another peer, but something gets passed down from generation to generation, and there really can be two forms of legacy, as I begin to study over the past month, is that there could be a legacy of evil, or there could be a legacy of good. There could be a legacy of evil, or a legacy of good good. And I find it so interesting. Sometimes we look at the world, the culture that's going on today, and we're going, man, it is, it's like, it's insane out there. It's, it's crazy out there. Whether news station you watch, there's always an update of doom and gloom. But here in Isaiah chapter 5, and this is the same prophet that prophesied in the Old Testament about the birth and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so here's this prophet named Isaiah, and he goes, what sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil? What sorrow for, for those that say dark is light and light is dark, that, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Kind of like a tomato. Tomatoes are disgusting. People call it good. I don't know. That's just a personal preference. But it feels like we live in a society. Someone got really excited about tomatoes. Go to Connect one day after service today. We got you. But we have seen this time and time again, and I think even us in 2023, we can say, we live in a culture that says evil is good, and good is evil. Even what made uh, national news this week, was, I saw on the news, I shared it with my son Levi, who's in middle school now, and i say, look, I thought, it was in, I thought it was locally in Las Vegas, but it was actually somewhere in the south, and in the south, they said, there is a student that is doing a Bible study before school, <gasps> and I mean, yes, that's awesome, but I was like, why are they telling us here in Vegas that's happening in Georgia, it should happen at every school, it should happen in every school. And the comments are going, some of them are saying good, some of them are saying how dare they. How dare they push that. Can I just tell you, we as a church, we're going to say evil is evil and good is good. But we're going to pass on a legacy of good. But here Proverbs Proverbs 29, the, the, the NIV version says without vision, people cast off restraint. But the NLT version says when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. They run wild, and when we run wild, we're leaving legacies. We're passing down something to the next generation. I don't normally do this, but, man, my heart has just been hurting for our city. Um, I really love Las Vegas. I know our church. We love Las Vegas. And and just recently, there's two stories, uh, one out of Rancho High School that made national news as well. But there was a student, and regardless of what took place in the details, but there was eight teenagers that had been arrested for, in connection to a fatal beating of Jonathan Lewis over headphones and a vape stick. They decided to move across the, the, the school grounds. There was a fight. fight broke out, and, and eight high school students beat this young man to death. What is evil is good, and what is good is evil another thing in our news was a 18 year old and a 16 year old they ran over and killed a retired police officer from california right here in las vegas they go to court and in court they're laughing at each other they're they're flipping off the family and they're saying all we're going to get is a slap on the wrist what is what is what is evil is now good and what is good has become evil why do i bring up these two news stories because this is right here in our backyard this is in our city, and I, go, I really want to stress that someone will invest in this generation if we don't, so let's do something about it. I refuse to be a church that's just open on Sundays, and we go, you know, God is good all the time, and then we go back to our homes and shut our doors. I want to be a church that says, you know what, we're going to leave a legacy in Las Vegas, Nevada. I refuse just to be another church. I want to make an eternal difference. Barna recently uh, released a, re- uh, a poll or a stat. And Barna, they, they, they tell us that Las Vegas is ranked as one of the top cities with the highest percentage of unchurched individuals at 55%. So 55% of 2 million people, 2 point whatever million people in our city. That's why sometimes I love it when churches talk about competition. There's no competition. You can have a church across the street and we still will not reach every single individual in the city. And so out of 55% of people... Uh, go back one, 55% of people do not go to church in Las Vegas. It's the fifth highest in the nation. We're always winning, aren't we, right, Vegas? But that means, go ahead, next slide. That means out of 45% of people that attend church, only 20% are Christians. Because the calling knows they have different religions, different theologies, different doctrine. They go to church as well. But only 20% of our city, goes to church on a weekly basis. Matthew chapter 24, this shouldn't be a, a surprise to us because Jesus says, Sin, sin's, sin's going to be rampant everywhere. We're all born as sinners. We're all saved by grace through faith. This is not how dare they and we're better than them. This is, this is Let's do something about this. Let's do something about this. And the love many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. But here's what I want you to see And the good news. And the good news, and the good news about the kingdom, and the good news about Jesus, and the good news about hope and love and faith will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Then the end will come. Some believe Jesus ain't coming back until we did our part in telling the entire world that there's there's a man named Jesus who died for their sins. And the good news will come. But I love this. There's blind Bartimaeus. He's on the side of the road. All of a sudden, Jesus is walking by. He's about to enter into his triumphal entry, and he's about to go into the Last Supper. He's about to go be crucified. And he's walking down the street, and blind Bartimaeus hears Jesus, and he goes, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me." And the crowd goes, "Hush, shh! How disrespectful! Quiet! He doesn't want anything to do with you." If, if, He's, he's busy. He's doing his thing. It's kind of like when you see a celebrity. Some of you are like, I'll take a picture with you. I'm like, I don't know, you know, like. And he goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus calls him over. and I love this, was, this is what Jesus says. Sometimes when we look at scripture, sometimes we really hear the heart behind Jesus. I think sometimes we see a different kind of demeanor. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus looks at him and goes, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? And he's like, ah, <laughs> I can't see. I'd be like Jesus coming to me and go, Jeremy, what do you want? I can't hear. You know, like, if you're brand new, I wear hearing aids, and I would really like Jesus to heal me. He's going to someday. Amen. Um, if he doesn't do it here in heaven, we're playing Marco Polo, all right? Or hide and seek or any kind of hearing game. Okay. What do you want me to do for you? In blind barmaus, we'll call him Bart. He says, my rabbi, I want to see. I found this interesting because for me, I didn't think I was going to use this portion of Scripture to talk about legacy. But I found this interesting that in Mark chapter 10, this actually became the last recorded miracle before Jesus went to the cross. So there's a different demeanor this time. I'm going to read scripture that says Jesus, he, he spent all night, he healed the sick. Those of leprosy spent all night long uh, healing people left and right, goes and lays down and comes back the next day and continues to do it, continues to do miracles. But for some reason, Jesus had a different kind of demeanor. It reminds me of a preacher, his name was D.L. Moody, and in 1870, in 1871, he he was in, he was a pastor in Chicago, and in Chicago he, he preached a sermon every Sunday. Worship team came and uh, led worship every Sunday, but on this particular Sunday, he preached a message, and he said, come back next week. I want you to think about your salvation. I want you to think about what Jesus can do in your life, but that night became the Great Chicago Fire. Over 300 people died in the Great Chicago Fire, but 100,000 people lost their homes, their belongings, and they're displaced, and so D.L. Moody did not see his congregation after the great Chicago fire, had to rebuild from scratch. Some sort of citywide, uh, you know, catastrophe took place. And this is what he said. They quoted him after the fire, and this is what he said. He said, I have never since dared to give an audience a week to think about their salvation. I would rather have my right hand cut off than to give an audience a week now to decide what to do with Jesus. There's such an urgency. Can you imagine... Telling someone about Jesus, they say, I'm going to think about it, and then they die in a fire or something happens, something takes place, because we're not promised every single day. So there's a type of demeanor in Jesus where G- Jesus goes, what, come here, bring him to me. What do you want? What do you want me to do? In John chapter 5, or yeah, it goes go, uh, John chapter 15, go ahead, uh, John chapter 5, it said, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, they laid on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he, he had been ill for a long time, and he asked him, would you like to get well? I love this kind of, the side of Jesus, where Jesus is going, come on, I need some people to faith. Come on, I need some people to believe. Come on, I, I'm not going to do it all for you. They brought, uh, the disciples brought Jesus, a, a boy that was possessed by a demon. Jesus said, how long must I be with you? Man, let's, and he rebuked the demon. And so I love this because he said this. I, 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 he goes, would you like to be well? He goes, I can't, the sick man said, for I have no one. Put me in the pool when, when the water bubbles up, because they believe that water, even though it was just <laughs> it was just pipes. But when the water would, would move or boil, they believe if you got in, you would be healed. Someone always gets there ahead of me and Jesus says, Stand, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly he was healed. Yeah, I feel like kind of the sometimes the older that we get. I've kind of seen many of us, we kinda of pick up a new hobby. As the older that we get, we pick up a new hobby of complaining. I mean, I'm talking about, somebody got it, right? Where we go, man, when I was a kid, I'm talking about, right? Man, I walked to school. I didn't Uber. I have electric bikes. You know, if I told my dad, shut up, I'd wake up on Thursday. You know, like... (laughs) Different generation. But can I just be honest with you? And I think this is kind of the, the issue we have in the local church. We picked up a, a habit of complaining. Of complaining. And I want to encourage us. Instead of complaining about it, let's do something about it. Come on. Come on. Instead of complaining about it, let's do something about it. Because I refuse just to be exclusive. Exclusive. I refuse just to say, this is who we are. They need to come to us. I refuse to be a church that just—it's just, it's just, I'm going to love on you. You're going to love on me. And, that, and that's the extent of our reach. But Romans chapter 12, here's what we're going to do. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. And when they see you are honorable, they see Jesus. They see Jesus. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For scriptures say, I'll take revenge. I'll pay them back, says the Lord. So what do we do, uh, Romans chapter 12? Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. Man, if, if they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will burn, uh, you'll keep burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. In this context, the coals of, of the coals that they would, they would, they're would—they referring to is that even in back in Egypt times, that if, if, if they had any kind of repentance or if they had any kind of need in their life, they would say, I repent. I don't have anything to eat tonight. I repent. I'm hungry, and, and I can't heat up our food. And, and so the heaping coals was actually more of a blessing. say, hey, I take shame off of you, I'm going to share heaping coals for you so you can have dinner tonight, so that you can have a meal tonight, but we conquer evil by doing good. So friends, at Avenue Church, Legacy Sunday, man, what are we going to do as a church? We're going to do good. We're going to do good. We're going to do good. Now I want to do, what I want to do today is I'm going to give you a legacy challenge, There's three things I I believe that we can do good in. There's three things that we can do as a church. First one is, I want you to pray for the lost. I got three real big points today, but I want us to pray for the lost. It's interesting. It's interesting what happens when you pray for someone you don't like. It's interesting when you start praying for individuals. Those, Those kids, those people, my coworker, my boss. When you start praying for them, God begins to take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God begins to change your perspective. God begins to tell you, hey, listen, they're hurting and hurting people hurt people, but I placed you in your... And and there's so many things that go through my mind when I'm praying for individuals. Kind of a different context now. I'm praying for you. Because when we pray for them, you begin to develop a heart for them. You begin to develop a heart for others. The prayer will change your heart. But first and foremost, man, we, always, we have to pray. We have to pray for our city. If my people will humble themselves and pray, he will heal our land. He will heal our city. That my prayer is people are going to come to Las Vegas for sin, and they're going to find revival in Sin City. They're going to find our church. They're going to find somebody from Avenue. They're going to find somebody from, and I keep going, crossing Canyon Ridge, City Light. I can keep Anchor Hill. Somebody from a life-giving church, and they're going to find Jesus in our city. So number one, pray. Pray for our city. Yeah, I had a mentor 73 years old, and he told me, Jeremy, I love this city. And I said, why? Why do you love this city? 50 years of ministry. He said, why do you love Las Vegas? He said, because the great commandment is go for, but they're all coming from around the world to my city. They're all coming from around the world to Las Vegas, Nevada. So number one, pray for them. But number two, let's give towards the Lost. Let's give towards the Lost. Our investment shows Jesus. Our investment. Can you imagine? No one's getting credit for that tie challenge except for Jesus. The Holy Spirit is lining up. He's opened up the windows of heaven and poured out a blessing over her life. Now, can I give, give you a disclaimer? I have tithed, I've been tithing my entire life. I don't always get miracles like that. But that's not why I give. I give because I believe it belongs to God. I believe a guy could trust me a little, he could trust me with more. But even uh, just this week, someone contacted our church and they said, I want to, I want to bless our online community, our online campus. And I, and, I, and I know you hate me saying this, but someone said, I want to bless our online community. And so they asked our online host back there. We have an incredible online team. They're chatting right now on Facebook. They put names down here, all that. They're an incredible team. See the loudest one? That's her. That's her. <laughs> and I want you to know, we said, hey, give me, give me eight or nine families, eight or nine names. And so what we did was we, we found their names, went in the database, and we sent all those that are local. In Las Vegas, we sent them crumble cookies yesterday. They all got a delivery from crumble cookie. And then those that are outside of the state, we send them a Starbucks gift card digitally for that are outside the state and say, why don't you get a coffee before you watch us online today? Why? Because the church should be the most generous people on the planet. It should be the local church. Because our investment shows Jesus. It doesn't show us. It shows Jesus living inside of us. But number three is, I want us to go where they are. Yeah. And my challenge to you today is: tell somebody about Jesus at the grocery store, at your workplace, run the water cooler, online, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Tell somebody about Jesus. Because so I want to go to where they are. Jesus, he 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 goes to the cross. He died. Three days later, he rose again, and then he hung out here on this earth. And when he was hanging out before he ascended into heaven, he says, guys, listen, Matthew chapter 20, 28, Jesus came to his disciples. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to go to where they are. I want to go to where they are. Jesus came to save us, but he left to send us. Jesus came to save us, but then he left to send us. We cannot sit around hoping Jesus saves everybody when he sent us to tell them about Jesus, the one who saved them. So we have to go, therefore. And I just want to applaud our church. Church, thank you for your community outreach. Thank you. For Project 150, thank you uh, for the Just One Project. Thank you for making a difference in our city. Thank you. But our focus this year is, is I want to invest in the next generation. I want to invest in the next generation. You know, I'm watching social media. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of TikTok. I'm aware of the Facebook. Uh, I'm aware of, <laughs> I said it just like a 40-year-old, huh? I'm aware of that Facebook. <clears throat> My space. (laughs) I believe the local church needs to be in every one of those spaces. I believe the local church needs to be on TikTok. I believe the local church needs to be louder than, than the voices of evil. I believe the local church needs to be louder than poor theology. I think the local church needs to be louder than all that's taking place with the trends and I believe the local church needs to get on there and just love people. And tell them about Jesus. Listen to me. They are living in the digital, longing for a personal touch. This is this next generation. How many heard Karen's story uh, uh, two weeks ago? Karen was watching online. During the global pandemic, she lost her mother. She lost also a godmom and an aunt. She lost her job. And Karen, she had no other hope except just go to AvenueChurch.cc, watch Avenue Church live every single Sunday. She shared that she took step after step. Come on. She shared with us two, th- uh, two weeks ago that she, she, she didn't know what her next step was, so she saw there was an online small group. So she's on Zoom with us. She, she finally, after a year and a half, she shared with us that when she's walked into her building, she hasn't, touched us, she hasn't had a hug in over a year and a half. And now she is online, now she is in the house, now she went to connect one day, now she is in back, she's in charge of all that's back there in the production station. But can I just tell you, they're living in the digital, but they're longing for personal. Meaning our online campus got her into the building. It didn't keep her from the building, it got her into the building. And online, we love you, but we want you in the building. And we're always going to be, we, we, are, we are one church, two campuses, in person and online. And we will always be there for our online campus. But man, someone has to invest in a generation because someone will invest in a generation if we don't. So we have three areas of focus. Because if they, if they don't invest in this generation, then who will? You know, I had a mother share with us. Uh, I think in this past year, she came to us and she said, "Pastor, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to sit down and and I don't know how to how to pray to Jesus, how to pray to God. But I love the stories with the butt in it, right? But my 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 five year old has been going to has been going to Avenue Kids uh, uh, Junior." And in, in their classroom, they've been learning how to pray. And so in that two- and three-year-old room, or, yeah, two- and three-, two, what, uh, five, three, three to five-year-old room, see, see how in touch I am, three- and five-year-old room, uh, they've been learning how to pray. And she said one night, her five-year-old went up to her and said, Mom, we need to pray. And she's like, ah, uh, okay. And he goes, let's do this. And, and, and the five-year-old taught mom how to pray. And so now they pray together. You know how many times every single week I hear people going, and I, and I love this. I'm going to be real right now. Uh, people go, we're looking, for, we're looking for a church. I said, I, I hope this is a hit, man. Look nowhere else, you know. And they check their kids in the Avenue Kids, whether it's 1st uh, or 5th, 3 and 5, or nursery. And I got to tell you, our nursery is packed out right now, y'all. Y'all having babies up in here. I love it. And I'll see them come back maybe a week or two later, and they go, man, pastor, we try to go into other churches. We try to check someone else out, but our kids would wake up on Monday going, can we go back to the fun church? And they wake up on Tuesday, can we go back to the fun, which one's the fun church? Which one? of All the churches we went to is the fun church. Avenue, Avenue Church, And and, and the kiddos are bringing their parents to church, right? But my challenge is the younger generation should invest in the older generation. It's the older generation that says, as for me and my house, we go to church. We serve the Lord. Whether I feel like it or not, we go to church. Whether it's far or not, we go to church because the church alive is worth the drive, everybody. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. Okay. Calm down, Jeremy. So here we've got three legacy lanes that we're focusing on today. And these three lanes is legacy worship, uh, increasing our online audience. Uh, and there's so many different things. I mean, better cameras, better, better reach, screens on the side, things like that. Because we want to bring quality to this next generation. Quality with the content as well, but also legacy kit. We're expanding our kids' junior rooms. Uh, We're, uh, we're improving things in there. We're really focusing on these two areas as well as legacy local, which is really legacy missions. And I'm going to share the amount based upon what comes in for legacy, um, uh, legacy offering or miracle offering. I just want you to know, we're going to call this, we we call it legacy, but I love the word miracle offering because this is a miracle for our church, but someday we get to be the miracle for others. But here's what we're going to do for our, so like you know, everything that you see here in the house, everything online, our online campus, we can do so much more with our online campus. And it takes technology, stuff like that, all that. But Legacy Kids, we're going to do so much with the curriculum, the rooms. There's, there's so many things that we have planned for that. Our goal is $25,000, which is, which is easily attainable in Jesus' name, amen. But, but Legacy Local. And, and trust me, my you know, the, you know how pastors are—we're crazy. Right? We're like millions, you know. Like, calm down, pastor. <laughs> but here's what we're going to do for Legacy Local, and we're going to share a little bit more in detail next week. But we're going to give to Ignite Life, which is a, which is a nonprofit here in town. Come on, give it up for Ignite Life. They do Crave Mom Camp, a lot of great conferences and, and workshops. Ignite Life. We're going to give to the Heart LA Church, is a, it's a. It is a church plant meeting in a nightclub, downtown LA, and we're going to get to them as well. Uh, Also, we do this every single year, but we're going to adopt church planters. And last year we adopted some church planters. We we gave, our church gave them a, a blessing. Said this is a check for you, not your church, but for you and your family. And this gentleman called me crying. He has grandbabies. He's calling me crying, and saying, we, you know, we, "We we stepped out in faith. We planted a church. But thank you. I didn't know. I didn't even know we could buy presents for our kiddos this year, for our grandchildren this year. For our, yeah, and they have you know, teenagers as well." And so we're going to do that again this year for another couple. AIM is our new uh, missions partner. AIM, the, the, uh, their, their entire focus is to stop sex trafficking all around the world, specifically specifically Cambodia as well. So that's our new partner, Convoy of Hope Disaster Relief. We're giving them a big check. We give to them monthly. Uh, our church ties out 10% as well. Uh, One Hope as well. They bring, they bring the Bible to, uh, to the entire nations. So we're going to be going on trips with them. But I really love this one, too. Club Christ is here in Vegas. Club Christ. And Club Christ, they reach out to, they call it urban youth, right? But they reach out to those that don't have moms and dads, those that don't have tutors and mentors. They, they, they get them to graduate from high school. They, they get them off the streets. And they have recently launched a second campus up in Sahara and Decatur. And so we're going to get to them as well. And then Refuge for Women, uh, because we believe in our backyard. And we want to help ladies get out of sex trafficking and into homes, as well. But in Mark chapter ten, I got to close. Jesus says this. Jesus says, "What do you want me to do for you?" And I love this question. So I wonder if God's looking at our church, going, "What do you guys want?" If you have faith to move mountains, then what are we believing God for? Man, what do you want to do? Do you want to just come every single Sunday? We can do that. Sing some songs? We can do that. Hear, hear a great message, like phenomenal messages from a well-dressed, good-looking, handsome pastor. Yeah. Pastor Lindsay, and then Jeremy. Beautiful baby. Moi Guapo. She's watching online. And Jesus said, Go, your faith has healed you. And I love this because in the middle of it all, blind Barmaeus can't see, but he's the only one there with vision. He's the only one there that can see the potential. He's the only one there that can see what Jesus can really do. And the crowd is almost bipolar, very much like the church these days. Quiet! Stop it. Breaking rules. Don't do that. And Jesus goes, Who's calling my name? And they said, Beep, cheer up. He's calling your name. So they went from quiet to cheer up, my friend. Can I just encourage you? Jesus said, Go, your faith has healed you. It's not what blind Barmaeus did, but it's what he heard. He didn't hear the crowd say, Shut up, be quiet, don't speak know your place, know who you are. He heard Jesus, the one that can heal him, the one that can change his life. In Isaiah chapter 6, the very same prophet that said evil is good, good is evil, dark is light, light is dark. The very same prophet that saw the throne room of God and here's what God asked him. Then I heard the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I haven't used the scripture in years and years and years, but it hit me between the eyes today. I wonder if God is looking around Las Vegas saying, who will go? Who's the one that will not be quiet? Who's the one that will say, hey, I love you, but I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give towards you. I'm going to go after you. Tommy Barnett said a quote that I love. He says, find a need and fill it, but find a hurt and heal it. That's the kind of church I want to be. I want to be a church that just loves our city. I want to be a church that, God forbid, if we ever have to close our doors, our city will will hurt because we're gone. You know, a lot of times people say, man, the church is judgmental. But, man, what if they just said, Avenue? They're just generous. I don't know what their deal is. They're just a loving church. So, friends, legacy is faith. But also legacy, I believe, is asking God. Legacy is not having the most money. I think legacy is having the biggest heart. But also believe that legacy is also obedience. It is asking God, but it's saying, God, what do you want me to do? God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to give? What's my plan and my purpose for you, for my life that you've placed inside of me? Because James chapter 2 says, see faith. By itself, it's just not enough. Unless it produces good deeds. Good deeds. Not good works so we get into heaven, but good deeds so we can bring people, bring Jesus to people. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and it is useless. Friends, I hope you hear my heart today. If you're brand new today, I hope you hear my heart. But if we don't, then somebody will. If we don't, then somebody will. Just a moment. I just want to pray over our envelopes. We're gonna go just a moment of worship. The reason why is because I never want to twist your arm, and I never want to. This is why we take four weeks to do an offering. This is why we don't pass out giving buckets. We have we have we have giving boxes around the place. We have uh, the giving app uh, in the app. You can pull it down from general to legacy. We want to make sure you get tax credit for that. But I want you to know this is our heart at Avenue. Want you to ask God. I will never ask you to give. I want you to ask God. In every single year, we've done this for six years now. And every single year. I love hearing the stories of people saying, God gave me a number. Uh, God gave Lindsay and I a number. We're giving as well sacrificially. And we just go, Whoa! It was it was. But we heard from him. He always provides. You know, in Pastor Lindsay and I, we, we got sent from our last church and to start this church and our last church, they just, they just, they blessed us. They said, Man, we, we, we love you guys and we loved really well. And we moved to the Southwest part of town, bought a house that feel you know, from the last day of our home. And then we didn't have a, we didn't have a paycheck. And I remember, you know, say, okay, uh, I got this much savings and I got this much over here and, you know, it'll be about a year before we launch our church or what, six to eight months as I trust the Lord. I'm a man of faith. But then uh, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to Lindsay and I, more specifically, Lindsay, Pastor Lindsay, and said, I want you to get towards this family. And we weren't part of a church then, right? I mean, we were trying to launch ours. And so the Holy Spirit said, I want you to get towards this family in California. We knew who they were, but they were—they needed some money to adopt a little boy. And so we were like, whoa. I mean, it was even like, okay, let's do this. And she was going, but we, we don't have income. Like, we don't have... I said, let's give. And God gave us a number. We gave towards that. It was just, God, we just we, we just sow into that. We, we want we want this family to leave a legacy in that young man, that young child. Then at that same month, the Holy Spirit spoke to us again. And we're like, I'm going to stop praying, y'all. You know, like, and there's another pastor in town. His daughter needed some life-saving medicine to live. We said, let's, let's get to that. And the Holy Spirit gave us a number. It wasn't like bleeding heart stuff, like we're going to get money over. It was the Holy Spirit told us to do this. So we gave two those two different things. Lo and behold, God has blessed us financially. God has blessed his church. But what's so interesting is that as we give, our intent is not to give so we can get back. That is never our intent. But it is a biblical principle. And in 20, 2017, we gave that money to someone else's adoption. And in 2017, a little boy in Idaho, was born by the name of Derek, and then six years later, we meet him, and we adopt him. And this is our new, this is our family, if you're brand new with us today. And, uh, and I love you, Derek, I know you're watching. You little. I love you, Levi. But I say that because not only do we have a legacy in church, but we're carrying legacies in our family. We're carrying legacies with every single person that we meet. Even if you coach, even if you teach, even if you're a young adult, even if you're single, even if you're a teenager, you're leaving a legacy some way, somewhere, somehow. So will you stand with me, please? Will you grab your envelope? Let's put that QR code up. I'm going long today. I apologize. So uh, worship team, we're just going to pray real quick. But I want you to hold that envelope in the air. I want every, every hip out of your eye closed. And some people always go, where do I put this? You just, it's, it's up to you. You can put it in the giving box. You can go online as well. But I want you to ask God. So uh, Abby, instead of just singing a song, let's just, let's just take the, about 30 seconds. I promise I'll go quicker next service. But we'll see. I just want you to pray and I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to lead you, to guide you. Holy Spirit, you want me to give anything? You want me to give something? Maybe it's a number in your heart. What Pastor Lindsay and I like to do, we like to go one, two, three, and we share a number. Sometimes it's the same, sometimes it's way off. Hers is always way more than mine. take shame off of you. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you walk to this building today, you're saying, I haven't been leaving a legacy of good. I haven't been leaving a legacy of prayer, church attendance. I haven't been leaving a legacy of mentorship, discipleship. I take shame off of your life. And I rebuke the liar and the devourer because legacy starts today. Not just by what you give, but what you do. That you walk home today and you say, repent before you. But as of today, we serve the Lord. And I'm going to go in prayer. I'm going to go in worship. I'm going to raise my hands at Avenue. I'm going to let you know I'm a Christian at work. But I take shame off your life if you're here today with every head out, every eye closed I know we try to be a 70 minute church, we try I believe the Holy Spirit wants to leave the greatest legacy in this house today it's not just the cameras it's not just all the different areas that we have but it's you now just think about it you are someone's great great grandfather you are someone's great great grandmother And because great-great-grandma or great-great-granddad gave their life to Jesus, I am now a Christian. And I now know who Jesus is. And I have the decision to make him my Lord and my Savior. If that's you today, I just want you to raise the hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Just put it up high, please. And I'm I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But if that's you today, you say, As for me and my house today. I will leave a legacy, a prayer, legacy of Bible reading, I believe a legacy of discipleship. that's you, just raise a hand. Real quick, one, two, anyone else? I see two hands this morning, three, come on, three, four hands. That's all I'm going to do, four hands this morning. I want to pray over you, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every envelope that's raised. Father, I thank you for every hand that's holding an envelope today. Now, Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing over their life. But Father, I want them to know this is good seed, this is good ground. Now, Father, I thank you for the integrity of this church. Father, I thank you for the accountability of this church. But, Father, more importantly, I thank you for the promises from your word. So, Father, I pray for every hand that's raised today. They are leaving a legacy starting today of holiness, of faith, of love. So, everybody, everybody, lift your voice in this place. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross for me, for my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say so the best way to know how, I will live for you. Because I now know who I am. I'm Sandy.